You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears have their offensive coordinator for 2020, but Bill Lazor kind of feels like the consolation prize. He's not the one you really wanted, but you could do worse. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I covered the Chicago Bears for Bears Wire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today, we'll go through an overview of new offensive coordinator Bill Lazor, looking at some of his background and the coaches and quarterbacks he's worked with, and also try and figure out what exactly his responsibility will be in Chicago and what the Bears need from Lazor in 2020. The hiring of Bill Lazor in Chicago kind of came a little bit out of nowhere. The first sort of inkling of him as a candidate came just before 2 o'clock on Monday when the Chicago Tribune's Brad Biggs mentioned Lazor as a candidate that the Bears were interested in. And about three hours later, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network broke the news that the Bears were indeed adding the former Cincinnati Bengals and Miami Dolphins offensive coordinator to take that same position in Chicago. And pretty much all of the candidates that had been speculated about, because there weren't really a lot of like direct reports of Bears interviewed Coach X or Bears really directly talking to anybody individually. It was mostly up to speculation of, well, here's a guy who's available and has some connection to this Bears team. It was Pat Shermer. It was Mike Kafka. It was Marty Morningweg. I mean, there was a, a pretty decent list of offensive coaches in and around the NFL that had either worked with Matt Nagy directly or had worked in Andy Reid's system in Kansas City or uh, Philadelphia. And Bill Lazor was not one of them. He was a coach that, of course, was available and was out of the NFL in 2019, but he has never coached on the same sideline as Matt Nagy. He did actually coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, but he came to Philadelphia the year after Andy Reid and Matt Nagy left. So you've got yourself a coach who's, again, coming in as a bit of an outsider into this offensive system, much like other coaches did when Matt Nagy put his coaching staff together the first time that guys were having to sort of learn the system along with the players, and it didn't seem to affect them too much in 2018, but things obviously didn't go the way they wanted to in 2019, which led to the offensive coordinator change in the first place. So with Laser in the building, of course the Bears are going to be looking for a little bit more of an offensive identity, and I think we were looking for an Andy Reid system candidate with the idea that having someone already familiar with the offense could bring some of that unity and some of that direction to have everybody on the same page and really be as dialed in as possible into getting this offense really unified in that way. But instead with Laser, we get another new offensive mind with another perspective and another background. And, you know, those can be healthy. And that was a lot of the thought process behind the original coaching staff that Matt Nagy put together. Evidently, he wanted to continue that same theme with this offensive coordinator. And it's interesting because ESPN is reporting that Matt Nagy actually wanted Laser to be the offensive coordinator back in 2018 when he first took over as Bears head coach. But Laser stayed in Cincinnati because Marvin Lewis was given one more season. So Nagy went with Helfrich instead. So now you've got just sort of a different mix 
of offensive systems that Lazers worked with throughout his NFL career. And honestly, it's a pretty impressive list of at least the head coaches that Lazer has worked under. He got his NFL start with Dan Reeves on the Atlanta Falcons, the highly successful coach with the Broncos and the Giants before that. He's taken a number of teams to the Super Bowl. Hasn't had a ton of success in the big game, but regardless, a big name for Lazer to start under. Then he worked his way over to Washington and coached under Joe Gibbs. He coached under Mike Holmgren in Seattle and then in Philadelphia when he was the quarterback's coach for one season. That was in the Chip Kelly system. And so you've got quite a a different mixture there of offenses. You've got Kelly's, you know, high tempo spread style college offense. You've got Mike Holmgren's, you know, you think back to some of those Seattle teams and the Green Bay teams before that with, with Brett Favre and with Matt Hasselbeck and being able to do some of the things they did. And you've got Joe Gibbs and his zone, outside zone rushing scheme and the different ways they were sort of defined by running the ball there. And, and I think it's it's quite a, a variety that shaped who Bill Lazor is today as a coach that knows a little bit of everything. But the real question is going to end up being, what will Lazor bring different from Mark Helfrich? Because they both were successful under Chip Kelly's system. They both had a, a different mix of background coaches that they had worked with. Helfrich wasn't purely a Chip Kelly system guy, just like Lazor isn't a purely Chip Kelly or Joe Gibbs or Mike Holmgren system guy. I think a big difference you see between the two of them is just that a lot of Helfrich's experience did come at the college level. The Bears were, I believe, his first real NFL coaching job, whereas at least Lazor has had a lot of pro experience and really seeing the NFL game firsthand across multiple eras and seemingly being able to adapt to those eras and keep his offenses somewhat modern, given some other limitations on the previous teams he's coached for. Now, I haven't had a chance yet to really sit down and go through the All-22 tape of some of Bill Lazor's offense, so I can't give you the in-depth scheme breakdown just yet, but we can look at some of his past successes and failures and try and get a sense of what he might bring to Chicago. That and much more next on Locked on Bears. The more I look at Bill Lazor's background and his resume and some of the stops that he's been at in the NFL, I can't help but keep feeling like he really looks like the Pat Shermer consolation prize. Like it's a lot of the same things you would look for and have desired in Pat Shermer as a Bears offensive coordinator, but just sort of less so and just not quite as impressive or as shiny or as exciting of a coordinator candidate. And there's a reason why Shermer chose a a different opportunity than the Bears. Because when you you look at at Lazor's resume, a a lot of his coaching career has been spent as a quarterback's coach. He's got four seasons of offensive coordinating at the pro level and a couple of seasons of doing it at the college level. But it's not an extensive play-calling history. So I, I hesitate to judge too strongly especially given some of the situations that he's had as an offensive coordinator. But you look at what he was able to do as a quarterback's coach, and I've seen a lot of people already really quickly point to the Nick Foles 2013 season when Lazor was the quarterback's coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I've seen Lazor referred to as the Nick Foles whisperer because of that one season of success that Foles had in Philadelphia, where Foles was absolutely playing at, at a high level. I mean, he, he was a Pro Bowl 
caliber player that season. I think he only threw like two interceptions and had a bunch of touchdowns and went eight and two in his 10 games as the Eagle starter. And certainly Bill Lazor played some role in that as the quarterback's coach. But I can't help but see that evidence and then look on their coaching staff and see Pat Shermer was the offensive coordinator, you know, the one coordinating the successful offense. And Chip Kelly was the head coach and also very involved with that offensive success. And so I I don't know, none of us know really on the outside how much credit Bill Lazor deserves for the success that Nick Foles had in just that one season. And he was involved, but how much of that is a direct cause and effect of Lazor's presence and Lazor's coaching compared to Pat Shermer and Chip Kelly? You would think in an ideal world you'd prefer the coordinator over the quarterback's coach, but instead we're left with sort of the consolation prize of that offense. But, of course, Lazor went on to, to coach other teams, and Nick Foles is not the only evidence of Lazor's coaching ability. Uh, you know, Then he went on to the Miami Dolphins from there. And when, when he took over, I think you saw marginal improvement from Ryan Tannehill, but overall the, the Dolphins' offenses, I think, were, were really some mixed bags. There was... At times, some some success. At times, some struggles. And in his defense, the Dolphins under Joe Philbin in that era, they really didn't have a lot of success defensively. And they were finding themselves playing down quite a bit. And, and so they weren't able to run the ball all that much. They were having to play comeback so often. They were throwing a lot. They, were, they had to be a little bit more predictable. And that made things difficult for Ryan Tannehill and, and difficult for really any offensive coordinator. So you can give him some slack there for not having as much of a strong supporting cast around him or his quarterback. And it's kind of a similar story when he moves on to the Cincinnati Bengals from there, where he works with Andy Dalton. And we see some improvement in their overall offense. I think it was a welcomed change when he took over as offensive coordinator, but it wasn't as though they were necessarily a, a totally spectacular offense. There were still a lot of limitations, uh, a lot of which are tied to Andy Dalton, but also I think other aspects that Bengals fans would have liked to get more out of the tight end position and, and other wide receivers not named A.J. Green, and even at times the, the running back spot. And I just keep finding myself looking for the really strong super solid evidence of Bill Lazor being highly successful and having a direct impact. And again, I haven't been able to look at the All-22 to see if it's a difference between the scheme and sort of the talent and execution, but I, I just think it's pretty easy to cherry-pick individual stats to, to make him look particularly good. I think people say, well, in one of his seasons, Ryan Tannehill had the most passing yards of any season of Ryan Tannehill's career. But having a lot of passing yards doesn't always equal the best season. Passing yard volume doesn't always mean he was efficient. It could mean he was attempting more passes. It could mean they were playing from behind so much that he just had to throw more, but it doesn't necessarily mean that Tannehill was better. And I think there's similar things with Andy Dalton, and I, I don't remember the specific stats of when the Bengals' offense seemed to be better in these two categories under Bill Lazor than years before. But again, those categories aren't necessarily a holistic evaluation of how good of a job he did as an offensive coordinator or how good their offenses were. So I just find myself with sort of an unclear bigger picture of 
whether or not Bill Lazor is any good. And I think the tendency that we want to say is, well, don't judge him as an offensive coordinator because his quarterbacks were Andy Dalton and Ryan Tannehill. And I, I, find, I feel myself pulling in that same direction. But at the same time, a couple of things. One, we've seen Ryan Tannehill now playing really well in Tennessee, which makes all his former coaches look bad, and that's certainly not exclusive to Bill Lazor. But more importantly, when you bring him to Chicago, you've got Mitchell Trubisky, who isn't playing at a high level. He's, he's playing much closer to that those Tannehill and Dalton-level performances where he's not killing your offense. He's not turning the ball over the whole time and really just useless, but it's not anywhere nearly as consistent as you would want him to be. So what you want is an offense that can do really well with limitations at the quarterback position, and that's really what I thought Pat Shermer did well in his background as an offensive coordinator with the Philadelphia Eagles, with Nick Foles, like we had talked about with Bill Lazor on the coaching staff, but even without Lazor, he also did it with Michael Vick on the Eagles. Pat Shermer did. He did it with Sam Bradford on the Philadelphia Eagles. And then Shermer goes to the Vikings, does it again with Sam Bradford in a very successful season, then does it with Case Keenum. And, and, and Shermer had this history as a coordinator of working with less than great quarterbacks and still getting a high offensive output. Whereas with Laser, he worked with less than stellar quarterbacks and it wasn't overall the most effective outputs. And it, it's obviously difficult to be really good with quarterbacks, but it just leaves me feeling like Shermer was what the Bears wanted, but Laser was what they ended up with. I mean, I mean, give Bill credit that his running games, even on some of those poorer teams, were very efficient. His rushing stats, like the volume numbers were low, but in terms of yards per carry, he finished in the top 10 almost every season that he was an offensive coordinator. They seem to be able to do a good job of getting the running game going, which will be important in Chicago, but I just, without having gone through his all 22 and looking at his play calling and the different things they try to do from a schematic standpoint, just looking at the offenses he worked with, there's not a lot there that immediately jumps out to you as impressive, but I'm curious to sort of get my hands on it and see what was he trying to do as a play caller, as a game plan creator, and just someone trying to scheme up offensive success. And it doesn't take a scheme for you to have success with your weight loss goals in 2020. You don't even have to go to a gym. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, whatever your activity level. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. We know you'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, they'll give you your money back. So join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L to learn about their limited time free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit. Dot com slash L-O-N-F-L. Echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. The important thing to keep in mind with Bill Lazor in Chicago is that it's not necessarily his job to quote-unquote fix the Chicago Bears offense, right? I mean, this is still Matt Nagy's offense. 
Matt Nagy still plans on being the play caller in 2020, and it's still his responsibility, first and foremost, for this Bears offense to be at its absolute best. And Mark Helfrich and Harry Heastand and the tight ends coach Kevin Gilbride, I mean, they, they became the scapegoats for 2019, some of which might be justified, some of which might be a little bit more of scapegoating. I mean, they reportedly were involved in coordinating the Bears running game, whereas I think Mark Helfrich and quarterbacks coach Dave Ragone were sort of coordinating the passing game. And it's really hard for us to know what exactly that means in terms of influence, because, of course, Nagy is still calling the running plays. So how much is being coordinated from week to week on which running plays are going to be called or how they're going to be run? I mean, we don't know where blame is necessarily ready to be held out there, but clearly <laughs> Matt Nagy passed the blame on to Helfrich and Heaston. And so th- there's obviously a big room for improvement in the running game. And that was something that, like we said earlier, Lasers teams had efficiency, not volume, but high efficiency running the ball, which is what's definitely more important. But at the same time, fixing the running game and just fixing the Bears offense in general shouldn't all be on laser. And I don't think it will be all on laser because the Bears need more than just a better running game this year. They need better from the quarterback position. They need better from the offensive line, both in the running game and in pass protection. Of course, they need more than 100 yards from any individual tight end, and they could really use more from wide receivers not named Allen Robinson for the majority of the season. I mean, Bill Lazor just needs to facilitate, like, really all of that. I mean, he needs to coordinate the offense just without calling the plays, and that's obviously a role that's hard for us to define and hard for us to necessarily envision what exactly he does other than just scouting and preparation and, and adding his two cents into what Matt Nagy does. But it, it, it's just sort of a, a weird spot for an offensive coordinator. And it's a weird spot for Laser as far as how, how do we evaluate not only the job that Mark Helfrich did, but now the job that Laser does. Because like if the Bears offense turns it around in 2020 and is all of a sudden better, are we giving Bill Laser the credit if... Matt Nagy was the one calling the plays, you know, like, is it Nagy figuring some things out and and putting his players in a better position to be successful? Or does Lazer's influence deserve the credit there? Or on the other side of that spectrum, if the Bears offense isn't better and struggles in a lot of the same ways in 2020, does, is Bill Lazer not helping? You know, is he the wrong hire then because the offense didn't get better when he was added? Or is it another sign of Matt Nagy again, being the problem if the offense still doesn't get better. It feels like Lazer's in a spot where I don't know that he gets credit and I don't know how to assign blame. And obviously Helfrich was assigned blame this year, and that can't be super enticing for a guy like Lazer because, I mean, I think the Bears' offensive coordinator job just had to be less desirable than, than many of the others. I mean, first of all, no play calling in Chicago. Of course, a guy like Pat Shermer, if you have the opportunity to call plays in Denver or go to Chicago and really be a true second fiddle to Matt Nagy, you're going to take the the job where you can go call your own plays. And I think that's a big part of why the Bears had to wait this long to be able to hire an offensive coordinator. I mean, they had to wait for other head coaching jobs to fill. And looking around the rest of the NFL, how many non-play calling versus play calling offensive coordinator gigs 
are going to be open. And a guy like Lazor kind of just taking this opportunity, and the Bears happy to give it to him after he had the year off. But the, you know, the, the Shermers of the world may have been looking for even better. So uh, on top of the play calling, you also have some of the just the, the I guess the long-term future of the Bears quarterback position, really short-term as far as who they're going to bring in this offseason. So some unknowns there. But regardless, you, you have Laser. It, it's, a, it's another job for him back in the NFL out of being out of work in 2019. And it, it just kind of feels like, you know, getting a guy who was fired from the Bengals and fired from the Miami Dolphins, I mean, it, that feels uneasy, right? I mean, that doesn't tell the whole story. Uh, there's obviously a lot more context that goes into every coach's jobs as far as, the, you know, just because the team they were on was bad and they got fired from that bad team does not mean they were a bad coach. But Lazer certainly doesn't come to Chicago with that shining resume that you feel really, really good about of like, oh man, they got this guy who's going to come in and solve all of their problems. For me, it's more like, they got this guy who's had some success and has some good experience under his belt, and maybe he'll be able to help. And it's sort of a, a we don't know. But I don't think it's inherently a great hire, and I don't think it's inherently a bad hire. I think for me, it's a little bit too early to tell. I think for most of us, it's a little bit too early to tell. And I'm eager to get into the All-22 and really kind of get a sense of what he did as a schemer, a game planner, and a play caller. So you're going to want to make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast to get even more Bill Lazor analysis as the weeks and months go on. We bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis, and we'll have more free agency, NFL draft talk around the corner. Still want to keep an eye on some other quarterback situations, including now Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengals, hoping to get in touch with our friends from Locked On Bengals to really get a sense of not only Bill Lazor's offense, but how Andy Dalton fits into that and what Andy Dalton's offseason availability is going to look like if it has to be a trade or if he could be a free agent and come at a much lower price or whatever that might be. Obviously, a lot of dots being connected between there and Chicago now with Laser coming through. So we'll have some really good shows for you. And we'll have, of course, some really good opportunities to bear down. <laughs>